0: The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. Good morning, everyone. Right, get this going. Guys, can hear me good? Very cool. I want to say thank you for that warm welcome and that warm introduction. Um, Grateful to even be here. I was able to Uh, connect with uh, a few people here and um, I already know um, just a warm and embracing community uh, that we have here. So I want to say thank you just for allowing me to uh, be here with you all this morning. You know, it is an honor and joy to be here, to be sharing the word with you guys. And um, we'd love to just connect with you guys even after our time in chapel, uh, connect with you guys, know more about you so that you can know more about us. So, you know, even afterwards, feel free to stick around so that, you know, we can just have a good conversation about life and faith. And in light of where we are right now, you know, it's interesting because I was asked to to speak here uh, back in about November. And I remember the first question that I immediately asked was, is this like a Zoom situation or, you know, is this in person? And it's really just a reminder of this past year, that this past year and a half or so is just so much uncertainty, not even knowing if we're able to gather and worship. So uh, when I say I'm thankful and I'm grateful and I'm excited to be here with you all this uh, morning, is it, an understatement in many ways because it, it's a true joy uh, just being here with you all. In in light of being here with you all this morning, um, I have to encourage, I have the time to a opportunity to encourage everyone through scripture. And so for the next 20 to 25 minutes or so, uh, I want to go through a passage that I have been currently uh, meditating on and something that I've been processing through in my own uh, personal devotion. So this morning, I'm going to be spending our time in Psalm 23, so if you guys can meet me there. And I'm going to be reading uh, from the ESV, Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of God. Would you join me in prayer this morning? Uh, Lord, we want to lift this time up to you. We thank you, Lord, for uh, this opportunity to come together and worship as we prepare our weeks. Lord, in light of this preparation, I pray that you would be with us. I pray that you would be with us in this moment, Lord, that um, you would speak through me. Uh, you would give me words to speak. And Lord, there would be open hearts in this room right now to receive your word. Lord, that there would be a, a level of, of just honesty, um, just transparency in light of where we are right now, uh, that we are... A sinner is in need of a savior. So, Lord, um, may your son, the person and the work of Jesus Christ, Lord, be uh, um, just transformative uh, through your word um, and in our lives as we move forward. So, Lord, would you use me accordingly to your strength? May your word be heard. We lift this up to you. We thank you in your son's name we pray. Amen. Now, I don't think it's uh, far-fetched for me to say that 2020 and even up to this point in 2021 has been a tremendously difficult season. In light of an ongoing pandemic that is resulting to almost 3 million lives lost globally, in light of the countless accounts of racial injustice towards our black brothers and sisters, In light of even the more recent uh, increase in hate crimes towards my Asian brothers and sisters in America, you know, in light of it all, it's been a long season to say the least. You know, if I could take it even a step further on a more personal note in my ministry that's going on, more than ever, even within my own congregation, there are so many countless narratives of just sheer brokenness and the silent suffering that's going on right now. More than ever in this past year or so, I'm hearing more and more about the elevated sense of of, of loneliness and depression and the silent suffering and the mental health struggles that are really uh, coming abound. More than ever, even in my congregation, I'm, I'm hearing the, uh, the, the, the sense of, of fear of what's unknown because of job loss and uh, financial struggles and burdens. All the more I'm hearing about uh, unexpected health issues and even to the point where so many uh, people in my congregation are losing uh, uh, their family and their, their loved ones through unexpected death. And when I reflect on all of this, it makes me heavy in heart. It makes me heavy in heart knowing that these are the present realities of life. And I find myself praying and lamenting and asking the Lord simply, how long, O oh Lord? And as I often ask this question, The passage that I find myself meditating often is Psalm 23. Because Psalm 23 specifically reminds me simply that you and I have someone that we can trust during the most difficult times of need. See, it's Psalm 23 during this year uh, that encouraged me and it told me that I have a shepherd and my hope for all of us this morning is that as we navigate through Psalm 23, is that in your season of uncertainty and hardship, you will simply be reminded that you have a shepherd. So I have three points for us this morning as we navigate through Psalm 23. First point is why we need a shepherd, secondly, what does the shepherd provide? And thirdly, at what cost for this access to our shepherd? Let's dive into our first point, the need. Psalm 23 is written by King David. And scholars say that this psalm was written uh, towards the end of his life. And it's interesting that as David is reflecting in his past life, and he's thinking about all the things that he has dealt with, all the circumstances, all the uh, all the realities of life, is at this point of Psalm 23. In his reflection, God alludes to uh, David alludes God to a a shepherd. See, in ancient Near History, uh, kings were styled as shepherds of their people. A shepherd was one that led, protected, and defended. And it was primarily because he knew his people perfectly. A shepherd that knew his sheep. So when David says that God is my shepherd, what David is doing for us right now is he's painting a picture to you and I of God who was sovereign, who was perfectly present. He's painting a picture of a God that led, protected, and defended him in the most difficult times of suffering and uncertainty because he was known and loved by God. See, when we look at the life of David, we think about this Uh, David, uh, this godly king, the one that unified Israel. But what we often forget that in David's own personal narrative, it was often of a divided heart because of his brokenness. But what held him down in the midst of it all was that God was still with him, that God was with David. That God was with David in his fear and isolation when he hid from enemies and engaged in civil wars and as he was torn apart from friends. God was with David when he was all alone and as he was outcasted by his father and overlooked by his brothers. God was with David when David was wowing in sin, when he, was in mur- when he was murdered and he committed adultery. God was with David when he dealt with tragedy as he lost his first wife, had to endure the death of his infant son, and the murder of the second son, and even the rape of his daughter. And it's through this personal narrative of brokenness, King David reflectively responds, the Lord is my shepherd. That in David's most difficult time of need, God was always there. Many of us in this room right now, if we are honest, have to just come to the realization that some of us may be in a deep need. Some of us in this room right now may need to be led out of some spiritual darkness and isolation. Some of us in this room right now uh, need to be protected from our own desires that want to wander into dangerous territory. Some of us in this room right now need to simply be reminded that you are loved by shepherd and that you need love from no one else. But there is difficulty in accepting this if we are honest. See, just like sheep who are in great need, we are all just like sheep as well as we tend to not trust in a shepherd who is already in front of us. See, within our own sin, we are often very prideful, that we are prideful and arrogant people. And that in our pride, it, it makes us uh, blind to what uh, God has already called us to and we forget that we already had a plan in store for us and we could, all we have to do is trust in our shepherd. Our pride makes us uh, deaf in terms of godly people, even that God has blessed you with in light of community. But our pride makes us so deaf in wanting to hear godly truth and wisdom. So we tend to navigate on our own way. And instead of leaning into the promises of God for true security, how often do we run to other shepherds that give us a false sense of security? In other words, there's something else besides God that we tend to run to in our worth, protection, and our identity. And the question for us right now in this room is, what is that one thing that you typically run to? Was that one thing that you seek for worth, protection, and identity? And the question I follow up with is that in your need, do you find yourself believing in a shepherd who promises that we shall never be in once, or do you find yourself seeking the false shepherds that always lead you into needing more? In your suffering And in your uncertainty, those are the two questions to ask. First is, do you acknowledge that you are in need? And secondly, who do you run to for your need? My hope and my prayer is that you will find your need in the one that promises rest, comfort, and confidence. For that is what our God provides. And that leads us to our second point, the provision. See, biblical scholars would say that Psalm 23 is a song of confidence. This is why he says, he shall not want. I love the NIV version. He says, I lack nothing. Like a godly confidence that just says, I lack nothing. I shall not want. Want. In other words, David is now confident in the Lord because all that he's been through, all of the civil wars, all the civil wars that he experienced both physically and emotionally, he now sees it with purpose. It's because through it, God is the person who he is right now, simply known and loved by a shepherd. Consider David. It was through David's loneliness in the caves. It was through his suffering, through his sin even, in his acts of murder and adultery. It was through David's hardships of tragedy in his family that would shape his character and his dependency on God. In other words, God was using his isolation. He used his aloneness. He used his suffering as an incubator to build in David the character, the leadership, and the trust in the Lord to become a king. And beloved, if God can do that for David, then most certainly God is using your isolation, he's using your aloneness, and he's using your brokenness during a time of uncertainty to make you and to build you a kingliness right now. I lack nothing. So I shall not want is declarative that whatever comes his way, he will trust God as his provision because he has seen how God has always provided. Beloved, sometimes I think we just need to remember what God already did in our lives to make us active in faith for what is to come. It's declarative. Now hear me. I'm not saying that you should love everything that's going on within your life right now. Of course it's tough. Of course there should be empathy and praying with and praying for people. There's a lot of pain and suffering right now. And if anyone understands the most, it is God himself. But what I'm trying to say right now when we say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, is the reminder that when you lament and when you cry out to the Lord, it can come with confidence, knowing that God will not only hear your prayers, but He will answer them. And what God, our shepherd, provides is something far greater than just a change of circumstances. But what he does is he provides you with a changing of your trust towards him in all circumstances. See, that's what our God provides. That he changes not to circumstance. He may do that sometimes. But more importantly, he will always provide of a changing in your trust towards him in all circumstances. You know, if I can be transparent, you know, something that I had to deal with in my own life a few years back. You know, about seven years ago or so, uh, I had to deal with some relational brokenness in my life that revealed something far worse, which was my spiritual brokenness. See, it was many years back when uh, I had to go through a divorce. And, you know, and what led to it and going through it were some of the most difficult, if not the most difficult season of my life. You got to understand the, 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 the realities of what something like a divorce would come with. There's the shame of a broken marriage, the guilt of being a failure who was once my wife at the time, the deep despair that constantly crippled me from almost every aspect of life, the uncertainty of, Know it, not knowing where I'm going to be. And, you know, in light of pastoral ministry, wondering if this is actually a thing anymore. Right? All of these uncertainties, all of this brokenness that really consumed me during the time, all the things that I would never want or wish upon, even my greatest enemy. But as I reflect back, and I often do, I realized that God was with me every step of the way. And yet he was with me in every step of the way, and not in a way where he would uh, uh, better my circumstance in light of what I needed, but he led me uh, simply to a better understanding of who I needed. See, it was in those seasons that I needed to be reminded that I had a shepherd with me all along. And as I reflect, he reminds me that he was with me right now. Now. And the question I have for all of us, if you are listening, do you believe that in your deepest need, God will provide you with uh, everything that you need right now in light of tomorrow? And beloved, the one thing I can assure you is that He is. And it's not because of what I'm saying, but it's because of what I see in Scripture. That leads us to our third and final point, the cost. How do I know that I will always have a shepherd that is leading me? How do you know that you have a shepherd that will always lead you? See, centuries later, after Psalm 23, in John chapter 10, Jesus announces to his disciples that he is the good shepherd And specifically in verse 14, Jesus says, I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and hear this, I lay down my life for the sheep. See, why do we know that we will never be left astray as wandering sheep, left for dead? It's because Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, laid down his life, left for death on a cross so that you and I have the promise that God would never forsake us. See, Jesus Christ was the true lamb of God and he was left astray by his shepherd, by his father. See, there had to have been a sacrifice that would absorb all of God's wrath against all of the sin and the injustices of this world so that we could be declared righteous and that we could be given access to God the Father, our shepherd. So what had to be done on the cross, Jesus laid down his life as a sacrificial lamb so that you and I could be his flock. On the cross, Jesus was nailed on the cross so that we can now lie down in green pastures. Jesus Christ, his soul was poured empty so our souls can now be restored. Jesus walked through the valley of the shadow of death so we can now stand in the newness of everlasting life. See, when you believe that Jesus Christ is the good shepherd that gave it up for his flock for you and I, it gives us a new understanding of life and all of the things that is to come. So the question is, how does this shape us right now? Well, I love how David concludes in verse 5 and 6. He says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What do we see as David concludes this psalm? David is just overflowing with confidence. He is so confident right now. He is swagging out in his spirit right now. He has some ma ma He has it in him right now, right? He's overflowing. His cup overflows. David is confident. He says that because God is my shepherd, I have summoned for me. In verse 5, he says, even when there are enemies that are surrounding me, even though they are in close proximity, I could sit at the table with my king. You hear that? You hear what David is saying? He's saying, look, look, the circumstances didn't change. I know what's outside out there. I know I have enemies. I know that there are people that are trying to get me. I know that life is to come, and I know there is a lot of things that are bound to happen in my life, but but. But my cup overflows because at the end of it all, I have somewhere to go to, and I don't have to stand, I can simply just sit. My cup overflows. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the same way with Psalm 23, be a reminder. Like right now, a declarative reminder that in your season of suffering, in your season of brokenness, if you are going through such things, in your lament, remember that you can be honest about where you are in your need. You can be transparent to God in prayer to say that I am broken, I am busted, I am consumed by my sin and suffering. Yet at the same time, you shall not want, you could be confident, you could be reminded that God is with you. So you can face that struggle dead on. You could face it in the eyes because you have the Lord that is with you. You have a shepherd that is for you. And he is not against you. And it's for your good and his glory. May circumstances, may sin and suffering May it remind you that it's not meant to take you uh, out into the wilderness in the sense of, 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 of loss forever. But when you go through such things, every moment and every season, it will remind you that you, have, uh, that you are validated and that you will always have a seat at the table. Would you join me in prayer? Uh, Lord, we um, just want to lift this time up to you right now in Thanksgiving, that you made a way for us, and that you made a way for us through your son, Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain, so that all of us that proclaim Jesus as the son of God, now has access to a seat at the table. And for all of us right now um, who who are tired um, just because of what's going on, in light of um, maybe a silent suffering some of us may be enduring, I pray that this psalm would encourage us to be reminded, Lord, that we can sit and just dwell in the house of the Lord. So, Father, would you be with us at this time? Would you be with us, would you comfort us as we are reminded of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross but resurrected. In light of resurrection, we can have that life uh, in us right now for your glory, for our good, for your name's sake. We lift this up to you. We thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Um, you guys may be dismissed. Um, We'd love to connect with you guys. There's going to be a table outside. Um, if you want to know more about, um, you know, if you're looking for another local church to check out, know more about us. We'd love to connect with you guys outside. Um, but that's that, hope you have a great rest of the day.